Welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Podcast, a show where we take a given movie genre and explore the best example, the worst example, and that ugly example we keep locked in the basement, even if it does murder people every now and then. Hey guys, I'm Mark. Hey, I'm Kelly. And I am Charles. Sorry, I'm just... Hello. I'm eating some uh, some jerky here. It's pretty delicious. Farmer Vincent's jerky. Is it good? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I don't know what they put in it, though. But anyway, <laughs> you want to introduce the genre, Charles? Oh, no, no. You got, you got any other things for it? What's up? Do you have any other things you'd like to say about it before I take over? No, but there's just some mystery ingredient in here. I can't... Mm, I can't place it, but it's not pork. It's not... It's, Tastes like chicken? Yeah, it tastes kind of like chicken, but slightly different. Anyway. Um, so, okay, yeah. So, this is obviously our Halloween episode. Uh, the the pick that I did was uh, movies that were inspired by real-life serial killer Ed Gein. So, uh, for those of you that aren't aware, there was a serial killer um, named Ed Gein. And he uh, basically... The, it was kind of horrendous, because I think I believe it happened in the 50s. And he, he basically would kidnap people, murder them, and then use their body parts for various things around his house. He would, you know, you know, might use a skull for a, a soup bowl. He might, you know, make a lampshade out of their skin. Um, so when the police finally, like, raided the house, they were, like, you know, just mortified at what they saw. Um, but uh, he also had this crazy relationship with his mother, um, and that's... That's kind of, you know, obviously become the basis for a lot of various horror films. They've taken that whole theme and ran with it. Um, So, the most famous one is probably Psycho. And that is one of my picks. So, my picks are Psycho, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. Not the original one. Although the original (laughs) definitely was inspired uh, by Ed Gein. And then Motel Hell. So, um... So yeah, so it's you know it's a little weird talking about a real serial killer. I'm not trying to be insensitive about any of the stuff, but again, it has inspired a lot of great horror. But films. we're about to get really insensitive about all this. Stuff. <laughs> well, no, it's not even that. It's not even that. There there were victims, and I, and I think there's even yeah. a disagreement about who the victims were, um, how many there were, uh, because when the, like I said, when the police arrived, they weren't expecting it. The Ed Gein was kind of a quiet guy that nobody really knew well, and he was living alone. Um, so, you know, they they found faces in like sacks and stuff it's just random stuff well, if you go if you go to if you really want to get creeped out you can go to wikipedia and it just has a list of the items they found made out of human parts and it's a really pretty extensive list and i was reading it and it's uh, pretty gruesome yeah so um okay well so let's go ahead and get started um we're gonna do it in chronological order so chronologically uh from 1960 the first movie is Psycho. That's Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Um, so, what do you guys think it is? No question. This has got to be your good pick. <laughs> I was telling if Charles, it... if it's not, yeah, if it's not your good pick, <laughs> I don't know if I need. I want to live anymore. <laughs> I, exactly. I really hope it's your good pick. Agreed. Well, okay. Um, what, because... Well, what about the others? Do we want to go through those? Talk about them or what? Just give our what? Oh yeah, our, go ahead and give, go ahead give your guesses. Kelly, what you, what Kelly, you what do you think, think, the, you think the others are? Uh, okay, so Psycho, I'm gonna say is your good. Motel Hell is gonna be your ugly, and uh, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw 3D is gonna be your bad. Okay, Mark. I feel I feel good about this. I feel confident. What do you think, Mark? I feel confident 
too. However, I kind of have an, an interesting spin on the ugly pick because if I had to watch these movies alone, I would pick Ch Texas Chainsaw 3D as ugly. But if I had to watch it with a group, I would definitely think that Ho Motel Hell would be an ugly pick. But I, And I think it's your ugly pick as well. Why the differences, though? What makes them... Just by myself, I'd rather watch Texas Chainsaw. It's got a little more live-action, gruesome stuff. Whereas the other one, which I'll mention more later, is... I don't know. I, watching it alone, it just feel felt odd and weird and disconnected. But if I was just a group, we could laugh about it. So... Uh, I guess let's start with the trailer um, so of Psycho, and then after that trailer, I will tell you which one it is. But I will say, I, I may cut this trailer short, I don't know how it plays out, but it's the uh, it's Hitchcock, and he was kind of known for the way he would introduce movies and kind of became a spectacle, right? And so this one's no different. He kind of takes you on a tour of the house in Psycho, and it's like six minutes long, so I, I don't know, we'll see. But um, alright, here we go. Good afternoon. Here we have a quiet little motel tucked away off the main highway and as you see perfectly harmless looking when in fact it has now become known as the scene of the crime. This motel also has as an adjunct an old house which is if i may say so a little more sinister looking less innocent than the motel itself and in this house the most dire horrible events took place i think we can go inside because the place is up for sale although i don't know who's going to buy it now In that window on the second floor, the single one in front, that's where the woman was first seen. Let's go inside. You see, even in daylight, this place still looks a bit sinister. Now, it was at the top of these stairs that the second murder took place. She came out of the door there and met the victim at the top. Of course, in a flash, there was the knife, and in no time, the victim tumbled and fell with a horrible crash. I think the bat broke immediately and hit the floor. It was It's difficult to describe the way that the, the, the twisting of the... Of the well, I, it's, uh, I won't dwell upon it, but let, let, come upstairs. Of course, the victim, or should I say victims, hadn't any conception as to the type of people they would be confronted with in this house, especially the woman. She was the weirdest and the most, well, well let's go into her bedroom. Here's the woman's room, still beautifully preserved.
and the imprint of her figure on the bed where she used to lay. I think some of her clothes are still in this wardrobe. was the son's room, but uh, we won't go in there because his favorite spot was the little parlor behind his office in the motel. Let's go down there. This young man, you had to feel sorry for him. After all, being dominated by an almost maniacal woman was enough to drive anyone to the extreme of... Uh, uh, well, let's go in. Well, I suppose you'd call this his hideaway. His hobby, as you see, was taxidermy. Crow here, an owl there. Now, an important scene took place in this room. There was a private supper here. And, uh, oh, by the way, this picture has great significance because uh, let's go along to cabin number one. I'll show you something there. All tied it up. up now. Big difference. You should have seen the blood. And here's the, the, whole, uh, the whole here's the bathroom. And he's talking about how well, they, you know, they cleaned it up nicely since it happened. See, that's Great. kind of the interesting marketing. There's a very important clue was found here. Was the first Down there. time to ever have a toilet flush in well, American the theaters. Murderer. To ever show a toilet flushing. You know the first time you heard a toilet flush uh, on TV? I believe it was all in the family. And uh, those were the days. Oh, Archie! <laughs> How did we get to this point? One of these days, Charles. One of these days. Alright, so. That was Psycho. We actually watched the whole thing. Okay, so. Um, I. Okay, so yes, it is my good pick. I was going to mess with you guys a little bit, but I, I didn't. Um, I don't have a synopsis pulled up in front of me. Do any of you have a synopsis? Um, but if not, uh, for those of you that haven't seen Psycho, uh, there's a hotel called the Bates Motel, and it's ran by Norman Bates. And Marion Crane decides to rip off her boss and steal money, and she is really tired and trying to get away and escape and she goes to this hotel and once she's there bad things happen um 
I'm not going to try to get too much spoiler territory on it. Um, they did make a, a new series on it, but it's really set in modern times. The new series isn't really connected. And they did make an awful remake of it. Um, <laughs> Which we've discussed previously. Which we have discussed. That's one of, that's, I consider it one of the worst remakes of all time. So, Was that your pick for that episode? Was that your bad pick, or did you? Uh, yes, was it was my on? bad okay. pick. It was like I really, really hated that one. Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes was my ugly. Yeah, yeah. And The Thing was my best. Good. Um. So, any discussions on Psycho? No, nothing much to say. No, <laughs> uh, I was uh, I w- had really high hopes for watching this again because I had remembered almost none of it, and uh, this movie lived up to all of the expectations. You know, it's it's as great as everybody thinks it is. Uh, just the, I mean, everything, almost everything, still holds up even fifty-seven years later. You know, the the soundtrack is amazing. He actually doubled the, the guy's salary that did the soundtrack because he liked it so much. And um, just the the camera movement is what I what struck me the most when when you have the shower scene and uh, she, the she dies as as I'm sure everybody knows by now. Uh, she said I wasn't gonna do spoilers. Yeah, but that's not the spoiler. The spoiler would be telling them that it was really no. Can we really not do spoilers for this movie? Okay, okay. Can Hash, we really this is not... spoilers just for this one. If you guys haven't seen Psycho, yeah, come on, spoilers. Uh, so she dies. She gets killed in the shower, and it it uh, zooms in on the drain, and then you you have a dissolve to her eye, but then the camera pulls back and shows the money on the nightstand, and then it moves and shows uh, the house with Norman Bates coming back out to to find her in the shower, but I just like that it focused on the money, and you see, you see basically the whole floor plan of this room moving around. And then to see the money first, it almost felt like, you know, she had, uh, like, this was her guilt. Like, this was her sin. And she she had decided to go back the next morning, but then she couldn't escape, you know, what what it ha- what she had done wrong. And she's it's almost like she's being punished for this. And then that's where her story ends. And, of course, Norman Bates' story takes over. But uh, and then later, when the, when the private investigator it may or may not be killed, the when the camera movement up the <laughs> stairs, and then we get a bird's eye view as as uh, as the mother runs out. I just love that scene. Just yes, Kelly. What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I completely I completely agree. Like this movie definitely holds up for me. And I actually I don't think I saw it until I was in college. Um, like it took me quite a while to get around to seeing it because. As some of you, if you've stuck around with us for 31 Days of Horror, you may have picked up a few nuggets over the years. And I've recently started doing that project with Mark and Charles. But um, prior to that, I really didn't... I mean, Hitchcock, I had seen plenty of Hitchcock, but um, I I just wasn't a horror movie person necessarily before all this. Um, I was slash am still a major weenie, and I can't really... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I, I'm not I, the really gory movies, like all the Saw movies. I just can't really get get down with that. But um, yeah, it just really freaks me out. So I watched this movie for the first time with much trepidation because I had heard, oh, the shower scene, oh, the stabbing, oh, you know. And so I really thought I was going to be creeped out by it. But the cool thing about it is the horror is so effective with very minimal. Like you, you, you think of somebody being stabbed in a shower, and you think it's going to be this horrifying, grotesque scene but there's you don't see you know her flesh isn't being ripped off her body and she's not like it's it's not that graphic it's scary because it's the suspense is so artfully handled 
um, and just the cinematography is amazing and the soundtrack and it all just builds to the simmering boiling point and then just bubbles over. But it, but there was very little, you know, I can't think, I can't think of the exact, help me out here, Charles. Like what, what, what is it? I mean, it's, it's just, it's not as graphic as you would think, I guess. I think it's, it makes it more effective that they built the suspense in other ways. Yes, that's true. And that's kind of, you know, Hitchcock's thing is the master of suspense, Mm but you know, that's also more than 50 years removed from this movie. I mean, at the time, this was really shocking stuff. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. So I feel like audiences back then would have seen this as pretty graphic. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's I fair. don't know that it's, you know, the, you know, you know, maybe they would have died if they'd have seen a Saw film back in the 60s. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. but oh, gosh. <laughs> Which, you know, the new Saw just came out. <laughs> so anyway, that, that was supposed to be a franchise that died a few years back. But, um, but yeah, this is kind of the one of the earlier American slasher movies. Like I said, I think I've called it the kind of the grandfather of slasher films. Mm -hmm. And you can obviously uh, see the inspiration it had on several films after it. Um, So it's kind of a toss up as, you know, which one really started this stuff. But the Italian films in the 60s also kind of definitely inspired slasher. Um, But yeah, it's the I think one of the best things about the movie is you know, obviously not just that shower scene, which is awesome and it's really famous, but the fact that they killed off their leading lady so early into yes. it, that was yeah. a big choice. That was a big deal. And, uh, and you know, because it really, if you weren't expecting that, that just takes it out from yeah. under you while you're watching it. And it's like, oh, okay, so anything can happen at this point. Um, and now we have Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Where ain't nobody afraid to kill off a main character. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's true. Um, so then, you know, uh, I, I think that's part of the brilliance of it. You're just, you're on really shaky ground for the rest of that movie. Um, and, you know, it's not graphic, but they don't shy away from the violence either. And they're um, they're more matter of fact the way they do it. And I, I really, really like that about it. Um, like I said, I, I hated the remake. The remake, even though it had slightly more violence, it didn't have the suspense. It didn't feel the same. And I, I you know, you know, I chalked that up to Hitchcock. That's just... Why know. would you ever remake... I know y'all discussed this in the episode, but why would you ever want to remake this movie? Like, why? <laughs> yeah, it's just setting yourself up I, for a failure yeah. because you can't possibly follow that. And why Why would you... Like, Anne Hesch and Janet Lee are not at all the same even type. You know, I would never cast one as the other. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of weird casting in that in that remake. Well, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Um, and I, and I even I like the director of that one, but that was just a really weird thing. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love Psycho. Um, I I think it's one of the best um, of all time. So you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, but that that I think again, you can't understate how much of an impact it had on cinema. Um, my my fa- one of my favorite parts was when. Uh... When the private investigator is is kind of grilling uh, Norman, and he leans over to look at the register, and the the camera actually goes from like an eye level shot to, it's it's hard to describe. It it ends up directly underneath him, and Norman Bates is looking directly over you. Just that whole scene, and and Hitchcock also, it seems like he he slowly ups the close-ups in his movies to where it's like, and maybe it was because I was watching it on on my projector, my big kind of big screen. 
that uh, that the faces were like were staring at me, but just <laughs> it inches up the suspense where it, like it's almost like it gets closer and closer to their faces, and you're and you're almost up in these actors' faces, and you're like, I just want this suspense to be over. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah, I got so excited, my uh, <laughs> my overall strap fell off. <laughs> so okay, before we move on, can I can I just can I just address the elephant in the room, which is these are not real suspenders. <laughs> and I feel like in my shot right here, you can tell that. You can't tell that. But then in Charles, I'm in his background. And you, can, you can totally see that they're not real Not true, not true. I think but it looks anyway, great. Anyway, this is movie magic, guys. Where I'm no Hitchcock. But uh, can I just say one thing about Psycho and then I'll be done talking about this? Um, did anybody else feel like they were wasting a lot of water during the shower scene? Like, she's dead and the water's just running and, like... As he's cleaning it up, the shower head is just on the whole time. But anyway, that bothered me. <laughs> I don't know if that's a serious thing or not, but it did really bother me. And I don't like wasting water. Um, yeah, and actually, you know, they made that movie pretty recently with, uh, what uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't, Anthony Hopkins, where Anthony Hopkins played Alfred Hitchcock uh-huh. during the making of this one. I don't know how true that movie is. It seems like lately there's been this thing to kind of make Hitchcock seem like you know, he was abusive to women and crazy. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. I mean, there were two movies, like, right in a row um, mm-hmm. that implied that. And the one that on HBO, I think, was called The Girl, and that was about Tippi Hedren and the Verds. And th- that one really went all out. And it's like, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. Not saying it didn't happen. It's just kind of, kind of interesting. Um, but, okay. So, let's move on to the next film, which chronologically is going to be Motel Hell. Oh, and I do want to say, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I said this before, but um, on Psycho, obviously you saw the inspiration for uh, the mother character from Ed Gein. You see how that inspired it. Um, and also, at you know, at the end when, you know, Norman's dressed up as his mother, acting out as his mother, um, you know, that's directly inspired because apparently Ed Gein did the same thing. He would wear, like, skin of, like, women and, like, become them, He you know. So... That's all from real life, like the kind of stuff that happened like yeah. that. Um, and he also kept his mother's decomposing corpse. Apparently, he went out and dug it up from the graveyard wow. locally. And so, some well, of the most shocking stuff in that movie really, really did happen. So, can I say before I did have one thing I didn't love about it, and it, that was the end scene with the psychiatrist. Um, it just seemed a little bit too much of like a performance, like over-explained I, kind of thing. Yeah, just well, here's what really happened, and his mother was like this, and you know. Well, I, I agree. That. I agree, but I also feel like again at that time, you know, we're we're fifty, sixty years removed from that. At the time, they had to kind of explain it, yeah. in simple yeah. terms, uh, kind of almost like clinical diagnosis as much as they could. And I'm actually surprised they handled it as well as they did. I mean, this could have easily turned into, uh, you know, the 19, like sixties, uh, I don't know, kind of just not paranoia, but I don't know that the, like, I don't even know what you would consider. I don't know if he'd be considered a transvestite or whatever in this, in the context, but you could have definitely had a lot of the bias and prejudice that they didn't bring up. They just, this is what's happened. This is Norm Bates. Um, and I love the little image they do, um, yeah, when they cut real. away from Norman smiling at the camera to the car being pulled out and there's that superimposed like skeleton that we used in our thing mm-hmm. and I was talking to Kelly about it and she actually had never noticed that before before we did that graphic and I 
I was like, no. okay, wow, that's like one of my favorite shots. It creeps me out still. Like I, when I watch that, I'm like waiting for it, and then it's like just that little tiny yeah. moment. It, it, and definitely, like when you when you said that, I mean, I, I guess it just never it just blew right by me. It is so subtle, but that just makes it even all the more creepy. Mm. But when you pointed that out, and I actually saw it, I was like, oh crap, yeah, yeah, cool. All right, so let's move on to my next one, um, which, as I said, is Motel Hell. Um, I believe it's from 1980. So we're talking 20 years removed <laughs> from Psycho. Um, so this one's kind of interesting because... Can I just choose some jerky before we go on? Oh, yeah, go ahead, Mark. Mm. Oh, Farmer Vincent's. God, it's delicious. Sorry, I'm so sorry, guys. This is really unprofessional, but it's just delicious. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead. Charles. Wait, what happened to your overalls? How are they even hanging out? Or are they? Oh, God. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> strap down. My, my 100% no strap left genuine behind. overalls. All right. <laughs> <laughs> go so, ahead. Motel Hell. Uh, motel Hell. So, uh, do you guys want me to tell you uh, if it was my good, bad, or ugly? Obviously, my good's out of the way. Do you want me to tell you if it's my ugly or bad before we do the trailer or after the trailer? Let's do before. Yeah, I just want to know. I got to know. The suspense. This is my ugly. Yeah. Yes. And here's the thing. Um, this movie is kind of a cult classic. Um, mm. And it's kind of interesting because it's more of a spoof of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and of Psycho. Kind of crossed with um, Sweeney Todd, maybe. Um, but it's a spoof, so it's hard to take it seriously. But it's still, even though it's it's, you know not directly related to Ed Gein, it's mocking those movies that were inspired by him. So it's kind of a, you know, twice removed kind of thing. Um, but anyway, so yes, uh, it is my ugly pick and I'm really curious what you guys are going to say, but let's go ahead. And I am, I'm not even sure which trailer it is. Let me see here. Oh, I picked the right one. Here we go. Cool. Never again spend a night away from home. After you spend a night with Ida and Vincent. Ida will show you the way. Those are the swingers, people. (laughs) The swingers, yeah. That scene was odd. Yeah, just just a little bit. In addition to every other scene of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me how you feel. That might have taken the cake. Tell me how you really feel. Your most terrifying nightmare could never prepare you for what happens to the guest. Hey, Vincent. You think in the years to come, people will appreciate us for what we're doing here? I have a surprise for you. I do love uh, the the heads in the ground with the... The burlap sacks over them. It's so weird. I love it, though. I didn't understand why... They act like zombies. Was it? Was it right? No, like, no they yeah. cut their. They cut their. They cut their trach so they can't talk. Yeah. But then but they. Still. But then they don't act like people. They. They don't act like people who can't talk anymore. They act like zombies who also can't talk. Well. Yes, yeah, but they've been in the ground. They're crazy. They're like just yeah. insane. Oh, and Wolfman Jack. Yeah, I forget he's in that movie. Yeah, that's awesome. He, now he does bring out that. Uh, he does bring out that hypnotic light machine. Yeah. So maybe they're... they're <laughs> they did try. I'm serious. They really... They did try. I mean, it's not like... I don't know. I don't know. I feel like they really did try. 
Who is they? I, I want to know. I want names. <laughs> Who, who's responsible for, for this abomination? <laughs> you know, this just got. I think it just got like uh, upgraded on um, Blu-ray. Um, I don't know if it's Scream. I think it's Scream Factory that did it. I love Let's Scream see. Factory. Kevin Connor directed. Yeah. He also directed North and oh, South. This, this, oh, here he goes. He's he's discovering the heads. He directed uh, Frankenstein with Jude Law. Is that Jude Law? And uh. No, and uh, John Ratzenberger's in it, and just a little bit. That's pretty amazing. All right, so uh, so that was the trailer, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I really have only one thing to say, so I might as well just say it now. If I'm not stepping on any of y'all's lines, but, I don't have any uh, lines. This movie, to me, as I was watching it, it did not feel like a movie from our dimension like <laughs> if that makes it mean i i it's it's you know it's funny to say that how did this movie get made how could anybody think but that's an understatement this felt like i could not envision any human mind that follows the laws of physics and human behavior that would think this movie made any coherent sense right does that is that fair yep Hold on, hold on. Nobody in this movie acts like humans act in any scenario in which they're found. This movie makes sense. Are it it really (laughs) does it, Charles? Does it, Charles? Let's hear your defense. (laughs) I don't have a defense of it. It is my ugly pick, though. I I, so, I mean, clearly there's no suspense. There's no horror. They're not trying to be scary. They're trying to mock these, you know, Psycho and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and all those things. Um, it's satirical. I mean, even the last line, which, what was it? Was it about the I recipe? I used preservatives. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, come on. Any movie that does that, you can't take it seriously. Um, well, I, w- I wondered about that, honestly, legitimately. Like, I, it, so it is a spoof? Like, yeah, sure? it's supposed to be like a dark comedy, like mocking those movies. Okay, um, I, I couldn't really tell. I mean, you have a guy with a pig's head running around with a chainsaw. <laughs> they have a building chainsaw battle. Come on now. Um, I, th- I mean, granted, there, there's... Yeah, I'm not saying I love the movie. I'm saying I would watch it again, and it's one of those things like, how did this get made? But, again, I thought it was entertaining, and uh, I actually like the acting in it. There were some really bizarre parts, like the <laughs> swingers thing. Like, I don't... I mean, I get it. See, obviously, they used them as meat and all that, but it seemed kind of random. Uh, hey, it takes all kind of critters to make Farmer Vincent's fritters. Um, I was just good jerky. Yeah, right. is it? I, <laughs> I think you offered me some earlier. That was the thing, too. Like, it was too late in the movie when the when the sheriff became the hero for us to eat, for us to get behind him. Because he kind of, like, assaulted her in the car. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, like, he was, he almost raped her. Right, and then and then later it's like, sorry about the other day, you know, they kind of played it off as like this. And that's the part, it's like, is that satirical too, or is that just like, really behind the times kind of thing? I don't know. I, <laughs> it really, it didn't make any sense in that regard, I give you that. And even, even the gratuitous nudity didn't make sense in this movie, like, they, they, like, normally it's not the main female character who has a nude scene, and then there was that random in the, where everybody's making out in the car lot where they're watching the movie. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a random girl that and ran like out full naked. frontal, like, that just seemed out of nowhere, like, you'd think they would at least, if it was like an 80s, you know, raunchy movie, they, you'd think they'd know how to work that in too, but none of that even made sense. I was just like, yeah, it was just a bizarre movie, I did not 
and she falls in love with Farmer Vincent, who's like forty <laughs> years older than than she is. And I keep, uh, I keep, I keep thinking of like Sam Elliott. For, yeah, he he was kind of like yeah. a good-looking older gentleman, but it was extremely weird that she would you know fall in love with him because he basically. I mean, did did she have the world's worst case of Stockholm syndrome? Right. Or... That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it just she didn't seem like a real person at all. So. Mm-hmm. Also, when Ida poured the the you know poison or drugs or whatever into her champagne it turned the entire drink green yeah. and she's still drinking like yeah. didn't notice it all like dairy nothing wrong uh, with that nothing wrong with no, that that's, no, no. that's what would happen not, i think yeah, pretty it's sure not, it's not suspicious in yeah. any way this is you know it's before before roofies was a common thing <laughs> And that, that lake scene with her on the tubes and she like cuts her own ida cuts her tube to pretend she's drowning and yeah. then, and then and almost she's... drowns the other <laughs> Like, of course, she's wearing a white shirt with no bra. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say, like, John Ratzenberger's cool little cameo um, as one of the punks that, you know, you remember that? You know what I'm talking about? Who is John Ratzenberger? He's the um, the, the mailman from Cheers, and he's, oh, oh. you know, he's in every Pixar movie. But he was he was in oh. this movie. He, in the 80s, he appeared in a lot of random movies, hmm. like in one little small part. You know, he showed up for one scene in Gandhi. He was in Empire Strikes Back. He just, he's in Motel Hell. Just, you know. It's quite a resume. What was he in Empire Strikes Back? He was one of the people at the beginning on uh, uh, Hoth uh, oh. with talking to Harrison Ford. Um, was anyway. he Norm? Yeah, he played. He was the, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. Wait, no. Is that the mailman? I don't know. No, I don't think uh, so. I can't think of his yeah, name. I don't... I don't know. That's that's bad because I actually love Cheers and I can't think of the names now. Yeah. Um, okay. Where everybody knows your name. Come on, Charles. Yeah, yeah. It was the theme song. But <laughs> I know. I... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have uh, the last one, um, which is Texas Chainsaw 3D. Um, so obviously you guys know it's my bad pick. Um, I'm going to show the trailer for that one, which, again, I'm hoping I'm playing the right one. Let's try it. Beast in me. Did you know anything about this? Place? You know, a trailer is good whenever the, the one of the first shots in it is, you know, a girl getting dressed. She's in a red bra on the back of a van. I mean, the fact that the fact that they're already having to like just throw that in there just seems really gratuitous. Yep. Look like Granny likes to play a little pool. What exactly did Granny do for a living? I have no idea. I just learned about her yesterday. The beast in me.
fuck was saying we had to throw it at the camera? I had to. It's 3D. Yes, it's 3D coming right at you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anywho. Um, <laughs> blood splatter, chainsaw. Yeah. Um, I love the, that you have that. Cue the uh, computer image of blood. Yeah. Um, okay, so. Uh, first of all, I'll just say the obvious. This is a terrible movie. Um, what? What? It's not that bad. Um, <laughs> no. And I, I think I may have cut off the trailer a little bit early when uh, when he's trying to chop her up. But anyway, um, so I, I guess it, it's kind of cool. When I first heard about this movie, I thought, okay, this could be really cool because, um, you know, they're they're going to try to make a direct sequel to the original Toby Hooper movie, which, by the way, he just recently passed away. So, um you know, I definitely, I was thinking about even doing a whole episode on him, but this at least somewhat includes him. But, so, it's a direct sequel to the original one. They're basically ignoring most of the other bad sequels and the remakes, too. Which, I actually don't mind the remake um, with uh, Jessica Biel from early 2000s. Um, I but, liked that movie. I thought it was alright. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Um, but, so, it's kind of cool because it starts out in 1974... And it's kind of right after the events of the first movie. And you even have some of the people that were in the first movie playing themselves. Like the guy that played the grandfather in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, he's playing that same character again. Which is kind of interesting because he was in such heavy prosthetics, he could play the same looking oh. version. Um, and then like, uh, you know, uh, even the guy that played original, uh, the original Leatherface makes a cameo in that opening scene as one of the Sawyer family and um, Gunnar Hansen. So it's kind of that is cool. Uh, the rest of the movie, when it when it, it it presumably it's in modern times, and the main character gets a letter that's basically saying from her grandmother that she didn't even know to come come to this house. It's now in your possession, kind of thing, um, and that's what drives the whole story forward. But the problem. Um, of which there are many, this is one of many, um, was that 74 to when this movie came out, was it just a couple of years ago, right? So you're talking like 40 years difference, um, you know, between these things. And the main characters are definitely not old enough. And it's glaringly obvious. I mean, even if you're trying to say that she was, you know, born in 1974, she didn't even look in her 30s. Um, and that didn't make sense to me. Um, I couldn't get around that. And then like, in like Leatherface is supposed to be her cousin. And I'm just, well, how old is he? If he was, you know, if, if he's like 20 or 30, then that didn't bother the rest of you at all. That, oh, it that did. didn't bother it anyone. Did. No. It bothered you, Kelly. Yeah. Well, okay. So I, I will admit, I have not, I, this is, I hadn't seen the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I haven't seen any of the remakes. I haven't seen any of anything. Like, I kind of know about it, and I know when it occurred, and I know, like, the general gist of it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that did seem weird, even to me, like, having not seen any of the other movies previously. Um, yeah, well, so, so there, um, the original one, like I said, 74, and it was kind of a, I, I, I think it's an important horror film. Now, it's not... I think it's a little slow by today's standards, but it was intentionally done kind of a documentary style and it was very creepy in that regard. Um, and then they made the second one in the eighties and it was ridiculously over the top. It had Dennis Hopper and all that. And then they made a whole bunch of horrible sequels. But the other problem I have is that 
I'm not sure who I'm supposed to root for. Um, because you, in the original one, these are bad people. And you're rooting for the main characters to get away. Um, you know, like Sally. And she's the only survivor from the first one. And you you really want... And, and So this one turns it on its head. And it's like, oh, the vigilante group's going to burn them. And it's like, I'm not for... Vigilantes burning people randomly. I mean, like, even in like Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, whatever. But, but the thing is, in this case, they had, they murdered a ton of people. Those bodies were still there. There's tons of evidence. There's bones. That's what came from Ed Gein. Like a lot of the um the things around them. Like like Leatherface is based on Ed Gein wearing women's like skin and pretending to be, you know, other people. Uh. But that's the thing. So 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 you've got all that. These are really bad people. But when you do a vigilante group and you make it seem like the vigilante people are the evil ones here, and and you know th- then you have the whole thing about uh, there are no good guys, basically. well there are no good guys. But it's clearly that the movie wants you to root for Leatherface and the Sawyer family, and that's a really weird way to approach a <laughs> horror film. I I, yeah. I mean I'm not even trying to be on simplistic terms there. It's just kind of a a moral conundrum. Um, and then on top of that, uh, there's the whole thing about, you know, her grandmother left Leatherface to her to watch over and take care of. That could have been a cool film. Like that would kind of been, it could have been interesting, you know? Okay. So this is family. She's got this monster. What do you do about it? Um, but they didn't really explore that. Now it looked like it could have been like, they were hoping for a sequel. Um, and maybe they would have gone that route, but they didn't. Um, and so, you know, you've got this, her cousin and, and he's a killer. Um, and it's, well, I guess since we spoiled psycho, we'll spoil this movie. Um, the, you know, the end, it seems like the bad guy who's now like the mayor of the town, even though he looked him, him and the sheriff look exactly the same as they did in 1974, yeah. which yeah, is also confusing. Um, but so, so yeah, so they, uh, they are basically uh, the sheriff. The sheriff survives, but um, the the mayor is killed, and they're killed because uh, the main character—I don't even remember her name—but she she kicks over a chainsaw to Leatherface, and is like, "Do your thing, cuz." Um, <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, best line ever. Um, and so her name was Heather, and she, and she, you know, it's just really bizarre that again a moral conundrum it's like are we rooting for leatherface are we wanting him to get revenge at this point yeah i thought i thought the concept was sound but but this realizing your family has serial killers and stuff like that and coming to terms with it and and her journey to accept it uh but i thought you're right charles i mean i thought they should have explored that more in the film what about you kelly yeah i mean absolutely and it- Yes, it is an interesting, complex turn of plot that, that you know, now we're kind of feeling sympathy towards Leatherface, but it's like, and she obviously feels conflicted, and now it, she, but, but, I mean, he's just killed three of her friends, <laughs> yeah. and, like, a tons of other people, like, five minutes earlier, but they're family now, so it doesn't matter anymore, it's like, Blood okay, is thicker than water. Yeah, right? I feel like you'd still be pretty upset about that, and, like, when she's in the sheriff's station talking to them, she's like, oh, yeah, guys, my friends just died. Like, she was saying, yeah, guys, I just went to a haunted house. You know, she, <laughs> she just said it so matter-of-factly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Could, could the black cop have been any more ineffectual? 
Like, oh my god! Did he play any role at all in the film? I felt like that was the like, mayor was totally. I, that made me so mad because the mayor, who was uh, the worst, was calling all the shots and running roughshod over over the actual police department. And it's just yeah. like, why is this clearly like the sheriff seemed like he had his head on his shoulder straight, and the, he was just letting the mayor tell him what to do. It's like, why? Why? Yeah, Why that, does he get to that call character shots? didn't make any sense. It, it almost felt no, like he no. could have just been left out. I mean, clearly he had to have been in his 80s, right? I mean, that's what... <laughs> yeah. I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> yeah, well, so... Um, well, and also, so, so Scott Eastwood's character really bothered me, too. Yeah. Because he tur- it turns out he's a bad guy. He's, he's the son of the mayor. So it's like second generation, you know, vigilantes, whatever. But... The problem I have is that he's basically a non sequitur. He literally drops her off at the at the place <laughs> and then just heads out, and you never see him again. I kept yeah, thinking, I kept thinking you were going to see him somewhere at a later time, and you just don't. So what's yep. up with that? That's called bad writing. Yeah. Right. And then there's the whole thing where where she's tied up, and like her shirt's undone for some reason. Yes. It felt gratuitous. Even though they didn't show nudity, but it, it yeah, was. It like the kind of but then it's like buttoned back up. Like, <laughs> I actually laughed out loud about that because it was like this: the shirt had double-sided tape on it and was like stuck just yeah. to the right part yeah. of the the breast that you wouldn't see anything. But if the shirt was hanging open like that, it definitely it it was yeah no. And, and also, she had a different name, right? So the name that that Leatherface would have known her by was not the name that she told him. She's like, oh, it's me. I'm Heather. He didn't know a Heather. (laughs) What is that? Oh, okay. Yeah, what is that? How does he know it's family right away? Hey, girl. And and also, another non-sequitur, her boyfriend and and her friend, they basically cheat, right? So it's like her boyfriend cheating on her. Yes. Um, And that goes absolutely nowhere because they're killed before she finds out. So it's like, what is the point of that? It's just a gratuitous sex scene. It's not even gratuitous. It's not like they even showed any sex. They just, it was like PG-13 sex scene, and then they're dead. It was it yep. was odd that out of all three of the, these movies, you would think this one would have had a gratuitous nudity, and it didn't. Well, I'm not even I'm not even yeah. necessarily wanting gratuitous nudity. No, neither am I, Charles. No, no, neither am I. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, 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 but I, but I am saying that it's bizarre that in horror films sex scenes usually lead to death okay but in this movie it was showing that they were cheating he was cheating on her and they got killed before she even found out so yeah what was the point of it it, exactly and it's it's if if she'd known that maybe she could have had second thoughts like maybe maybe you could have understand okay leatherface killed them but they cheated on me i don't know but they didn't even go that route like, she could have seen it as, like, revenge, you That know? might have been a deleted scene. You never know. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I was very confused because, okay, so, like I said, I hadn't seen any of the previous ones, and I thought I knew the general concept, but, like, as this was unfolding and as we meet Leatherface, um, I was very confused. Like, he wasn't very effective. Before I, before I got to the end, I was thinking, like, okay, he's not very effective as a scary villain because he has zero cunning he's just stopped like staggering around out in the open oafishly like yeah. ripping the chains well, off through the carnival and it's like okay why and then uh, can i and I'll, I'll say something about that in the original movie 
they almost make it seem like he he's mentally handicapped, and and the rest oh, of the right. family is kind of helping and protecting him, and he keeps going out and killing people, and um, they're worried about being found out. I did pick up on that like at a certain point, but for most for like a good up until he. I mean, he had killed at least a few people before I figured out that that was... And I guess they were just operating under the assumption that everybody would have seen the other movies and, like, have that knowledge. But I was very confused for a little while. Probably weren't making this movie to appeal to new <laughs> Chainsaw fans. <laughs> yeah. Well, my point about the, the ugly versus the bad pick is that, like, it's interesting that I think it affects... I think who you watch the movie with, whom you watch the movie with, affects whether it seems like a bad or an ugly pick to me. I don't know if you all agree or not. Like uh, some, I do agree some, with that, yeah. Like, really bad movies can be ugly movies if you're with friends, like, laughing about how bad it is versus yeah. sitting by yourself at yeah. 9.30 p.m., you know, watching it. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that, Mark. So, I asked you guys last time, homework-wise. Oh, I did not do my homework. What your favorite, your top five horror films so, Kelly, go. Okay, so I sort of forgot about this as well, but I think I, I, think I know him. Um, so, Psycho would be in there. The Shining. Um, the Uninvited from 1944. Uh, the Exorcist. And g- give me a minute. It'll come to me. I'm kind of drawing a blank there. I know I, I uh, like wrote them all five down Mark? last month. Yeah, okay. My top... My number one would have to be The Grudge uh, with Sarah Michelle Gellar, only because that's the most frightened I've been in in oh. theater ever watching a movie. Just yeah, just the is... suspense of just... And I think it was the age I watched it, and I don't, I don't know. Uh, but in terms of actually scariness, not in terms of art as, you know, cinema as art, but just in terms of being scared, I really like The Ring. Uh, I'd have to say Paranormal Activities up there. Let's say Scream. I'm, not, I'm sorry, not Scream. Uh, Psycho from from watching this and oh, The Shining. Yeah. No, no. You know what? I'd have to add uh, Sixth Sense. And then mine would be uh, The Exorcist, Halloween, the original Halloween, uh, Bride of Frankenstein. That's a really good one. Yeah. That's my favorite uh, Universal horror movie. Um, and then my, my last two are the ones that I think Kelly's really going to love. Um, so a nightmare on Elm street and the thing devil. So if I'm hearing you guys, correct. The interesting thing here is that I'm the only one that didn't put psycho on my top five, even though I picked it further. I pick in this one. That is interesting. It would have been my top 10 but not in my top five. I think horror, horror film is kind of a personal thing, right? Like it, it really, it's what affected you as a kid that really sticks yeah. with you. And it, it's a reflective of the time. So if you'll notice the ones on my list, a lot of late seventies, eighties horror film. I love eighties horror films. And you know, so it's, I, I really like the thing. The thing could very well be my favorite horror film of all time. Whose turn is it next time? Is it Mark's? My turn. Mark's. All right, Mark, what you got? You ready for my picks? Yeah. I'm doing Kevin Spacey as an antagonist films. He's kind of known okay. for playing villains and the bad guys, so I wanted to explore that that element of him specifically. 
So, in no particular order, I have uh, Seven from 1995 with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. I have Edison from 2005, which you may never have heard of, probably. I have not heard of Edison. And Superman Returns. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, I'm pretty excited about this. I like this. Those are some intriguing picks. They are intriguing. <laughs> he says begrudgingly. Well, Edison, Edison worries me. The fact that you said we've never heard of it, so I don't know what that's about. And the fact that even Charles hasn't heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> Alarms me. Yeah, well, let me tell you, it's got... Morgan Freeman as well, Kevin Spacey, Justin Timberlake, and LL Cool J. <laughs> also, Dylan McDermott. Sounds... I like okay. John Hurd. It's got all sarcastic guys. It's got to be great. Anything else we need to say? I think that's it. It's for me. Oh, I've, I've actually got something kind of cool that I wanted to just briefly it. mention. Sure, go ahead. Uh, it's not related, but um, oops, just picked off some of my blood there. Um, so I hate it when that happens. I know, right? We're falling apart. My face just fell off, Kelly. <laughs> I know. Man, my suspenders um, won't stay up. <laughs> yeah, your hat's off. The straps are off. Yeah. Just, um, but yeah, so I I recently have started doing uh, audiobook narration, and so if anybody listening out there, you you five viewers. Um, if you want to hear uh, some cool audiobooks narrated by me, I'm working on two at the moment that'll be out uh, by the end of the year. One of them is called Stealing Light. It's by Julie Cassar, and it's kind of a um, you know teen paranormal mystery thriller sort of sort of novel. And the other one is Harbor Falls uh, by S. R. Gray. So keep uh, I think. Those those should both be released by the end of the year. I'll I'll maybe post something about it on the site when they're available to download. But um, yeah, I'd love for you to check them out. Okay, I want to hear more about this, Kelly, because I didn't realize you could just do that. So I'm kind of excited to hear you, you can, Mark. and also to see if I want to get into it because that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, we'll we'll talk. I kind of I thought the same thing when she was talking about it. It's pretty exciting, actually. Yeah, I've I've had a lot of fun with it, and it's um, I've really enjoyed working with Julie and and SR Gray as well. I mean. They're super nice, fun people, and it's just it's just you know I've been we've been doing this podcast for several years, and it's just another interesting side of of what we do. So yeah, I, I'm really I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Okay, so the next Good Bad podcast is going to be movies where Kevin Spacey played the antagonist. Um, okay. It's pretty awesome. I love how specific we get. Yeah. It's like Daniel Craig Bond movies. Movies from 1997 in which a cat featured as this. <laughs> okay. So so those of you watching us live, uh, we're going to switch over to here and there. And uh, Kelly and Mark are going to be discussing on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Um, so we're going to take a little break. But uh, when we come back, that's what you guys are going to see. So, so thanks for listening to this one. Yep. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks, guys.